Hey, sports ballers, thanks so much for checking out the latest edition of the Sports Ball Podcast. In this episode, we talk about the buzz going around Kansas City as the Chiefs host their very first AFC Championship game against the New England Patriots. We also revisit a segment from last week's episode about the undefeated teams in uh, men's NCAA basketball. And finally, we close out the episode with some discussion on Andy Murray's career and legacy and some talk about the Australian Open as well. Stay tuned, enjoy the show, and thank you so much for listening. Good evening, Cam. Good evening, Andrew. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm currently sitting in a town where 5.40 p.m. Central Time Sunday cannot get here fast enough. Yeah, it's real cool for the Chiefs to uh, make the AFC Championship when I leave town. Them, you know? Yep. Yep. So is it uh is it crazy there? Um there I think there's probably a certain portion of the population that hasn't slept since Saturday night. <laughs> That's not healthy. Yeah, I mean there's so much at stake, um, so many storylines, um and just the anticipation it's the Patriots coming into town. Um, so often in the last several years, the Chiefs have played the Patriots in the playoffs, but it's meant going up to Foxborough. This time, the Chiefs get a Madero head. You haven't played that this is the first time that the AFC Championship game has been played at Arrowhead Stadium. The AFC Trophy is named for the late uh, owner of the Chiefs, Lamar Hunt. So there, there's history involved. There's um, you know the greatest quarterback of all time. Versus, you know, the the new hotness, the the next generation, yeah. And so you put all those factors together in a uh, sports crazy beer drinking town, and <laughs> you you have what we have right now. And it's it's Wednesday night when we're recording this, and I mean, I'm not even, I don't have a whole lot of emotional investment in Sunday's game. If they win, great, but. Even to me, uh, Sunday evening feels very far away at this point. Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter mention that the the baseball playoffs when the Royals were in them three three or four years ago was so much easier because there was a, a game every night, and if you did have a break, it was maybe just two or three days. Um, but but this the the waiting, um, you know, it it will have been almost eight whole days since they they played a game, and so. The uh, the anticipation's there. I don't know about a prediction, but uh, but it's certainly a uh, a a sports a, a Chiefs crazy town, and we've got cabin fever because there's like well it's melting, but forty eight hours ago there were eight inches of snow on the ground. We've got all kinds of limbs to clean up around here, and so football has been a nice little uh, little distraction here. Indeed, and I and usually add, this time it was supposed to be like. Wind chills in the negative single digits, possibly negative teens. That forecast has warmed up a little bit, um, but uh, it looks now like it'll be in the teens in the positive territory. But though the wind could still be harsh, so a yeah, cold this weekend cold, is windy be brutal day here as well. Day. But yeah, we don't have uh, unfortunately our playoff team or our football team lost in the. Uh... <laughs> The double uh, field goal post hit um, bears one out. So, 
Um, I do want to say that I just re-listened to our predictions on who was going to make the championship games, and uh, we went four for four, my dude. Well, well we, we picked well. King of, kings of the hot take. Yeah, I uh, I said the Chiefs would win by ten, and they won by eighteen. Yep. And we both agreed that the Chargers were the most likely upset, but uh, we didn't get that one wrong because the Patriots were up what thirty-five to seven at halftime. Yeah, I think the the double you had the double doink uh, in Chicago. I think the Chargers had the double East Coast travel doink um, going between Baltimore a week earlier, back out to L.A. and then back to New England. That's not easy. Even though they are professional athletes, they're still human beings. That's not an easy an easy schedule, and it definitely looked like the the end of the year and then that trip it, it wore on them the defense that's why that's why home field advantage in the nfl playoffs is such a key uh factor absolutely in a lot of this stuff if they had had that game at home in la where it was you know considerably warmer and they got to sleep in their own beds and you know do their normal routine who knows um yep but you know bet against the patriots at your own peril you know what I- yeah, so they're they're telling us to 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 bet against us. That's like their mantra here, a mantra mm-hmm. mantra uh, here this week is is bet against us. That um, yeah, I saw some funny graphic. There's only a handful of memes going around Kansas City right now, but one of them being it showed um, you know all all but the the four or five states, whatever makes up New England, is being red with a Chiefs logo as to who, who America was rooting for on Sunday. <laughs> um, so I did have an idea. I wish we had, I wish we had a, you know, obviously the, the sports ball um, audience is vast and, and millions strong. However, I wish it were just slightly stronger because I had the idea, just not the platform to execute it, that, you know, Fridays in Kansas City are red Fridays, so everybody will wear their red. But I thought, you know, maybe Thursday could be Belichick Thursday, and we all just dress as unkept, <laughs> sloppy human beings that just look like we're miserable in the cold, like a, a sloppy hoodie with your coat unzipped and then a stocking cap, and that's just how everybody dresses tomorrow. But the idea didn't really get off the ground. And I've got a work dinner, so I can't even pull it off. Well, you know, it's the thought that counts, right? Yep. Yep. All right. So, real quick before we move on, um, Chiefs Patriots, who wins? I think it's extremely close. I went back and looked at the the box score from when New England or when Kansas City played New England. Uh, it, was, it was about week six or seven uh, in the regular season. That game was at Foxborough. The Chiefs are down twenty four to nine in the first half. At halftime, Patrick Mahomes did not play well in the first half, and then they they came back and won. Or excuse me, they came back and tied it with three minutes to go and uh, three minutes is way too much time for Tom Brady and they marched right down the field and won the game on a field goal um I I think that the Chiefs defense has to execute at an extremely high level um and I think that they do just enough I think the Chiefs get a timely turnover to and I'm going to say they win 27-23. Interesting. And I hope that my car doesn't get flipped over. 
park alleys in the street and put yours in the garage. They're a violent. They're a violent bunch out there, Daryl. We had a ten-year-old boy get his lips sliced open with a beer bottle that flew and hit him, and then we had a uh, truck take out a Kansas City, Missouri police officer as he was leaving the game. Yikes! Yeah. Model All right, citizens. you're picking. You're picking Chiefs by four. Yep. I'm going to say. Oh my gosh! Okay, so the line is Chiefs by three. That is interesting. This whole bet against the Patriots thing does seem silly, but which that's almost the, the, like the Patriots defense. The, or sorry, the Chiefs defense is not. You know the Chargers defense. Sony Michelle is not going to run for 129 yards and three touchdowns against the Chiefs. That's just not going to happen. Uh, oh my God, I'm picking the Chiefs too. I can't believe this. All right, so Chiefs make the Super Bowl, and then uh, Rams Saints. This is a tough one. I think um, the Rams and Jared Goff going into the Superdome. It's a tough, tough place to play. You've got the experience of Drew Brees. And that and that crew, uh, I think the the Saints pull it off. I'm gonna say um, 31. I'm gonna say they win by seven. 31-24. All right. So there's there's three scenarios here, right? There's the the all time classic showdown: Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. Both at the end of their careers, both still playing incredibly well. Drew would ever get back there just because the rest of the team hasn't been great for the last few years. Um, so on one hand, I'd love to see the Saints and the Patriots just for that like classic showdown of two like no-brain Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Um, then you've also got Rams Chiefs, which is, you know, the new guard. It's, I mean, Andy Reid's the only old guy, but like Mahomes versus Goff and Sean McVay and just this like the the new class of, of NFL talent. Right. Um, but what's most likely going to happen is the third option, which is one young gun versus one old guy. And I think you're right. I think it's probably going to be Chiefs Saints. Um, that being said, I think I think the Rams Saints game is probably going to be the best game of the playoffs. Very well could be. And There's it's, it's just they're both so good, and I really do think it's it comes down to to where the game's being played. I think that the games in L.A. the Rams win. Um, like I, I've never been a big proponent of, you know, where the game is played is a big factor, except in the NFL playoffs, it matters. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a really tight game. Um, the line is New Orleans by three and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a one point or a three point game. Like I don't know if they cover the spread, even though it's only three and a half points. Um, but I I thoroughly um, expect to be watching that game. On those games, it's going to be fun to watch. And don't forget um, the the game the Chiefs and, and Rams played on that Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't well, know, like fifty four to fifty one or something crazy. Yeah, like that. I mean something obscene. It's like okay, now imagine that if that were played on an indoor turf field. I mean they could they could both be staring at hanging sixty. <laughs> And both teams have good defenses. See, that's the scary part. Yeah. Uh, so I would I'd, I would be totally okay with the Chiefs Rams Super Bowl just because why not see that again on you know on a big stage? That would be really good for the NFL probably. Yeah, I'd be really curious like who the 
the kind of NFL, you know, from from the NFL, from the league's perspective, like obviously Brady Breeze, that'd be a good game. We would draw eyeballs, fine. I think if it's new school versus old school, it does like it's either got to be all old school or all new school. I don't think the old school versus new school, especially if it's Goff versus Brady, yeah, that does, that does not do it for me. If it's Mahomes no, but versus... they would spin it. They would spin it as McVay versus Belichick. That's how they the media would spin it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess outside of the quarterbacks, it's it's true. It'd be the coaches. But I mean, I think either way, we're going to get two good games on Sunday. Um, but yeah, so we'll go, we'll go Chiefs and Saints. I think we're both going to agree again. All right. Um, anything else you want to say about the NFL before I do some quick follow up on our um, college basketball discussion from last week? I did not. I'm I am watching them try to chase down a moth at the Australian Open. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so last week, discussing the three remaining, at that point, the three remaining undefeated teams and who had the easiest schedule and therefore we thought the best chance of remaining undefeated. Uh, well, all of that went out the window because Houston, easiest schedule of the three undefeated teams being Michigan, Virginia, and Houston. Next game. Womp womp. Easiest road to remain undefeated is now a one-loss team, and they fell all the way to number 21 in the standings, down four spots. Um, so you still get 14. Uh, the cool record was just set um, a few years but they are now 17-0, and and their next game is against uh, 11-5 and Wisconsin. And then Virginia is 15-0. So Michigan's got two more wins than Virginia. Who, and they're the only two remaining undefeated teams in uh, men's basketball. So what what did, what did lesson did we learn here? I think it's... Uh, that Houston was ranked appropriately, even though they were... And undefeated. you still cannot <laughs> trust Kelvin Sampson. Yeah, that's fair. And their loss was to Temple, and it was a four-point loss. Um, and they bounced back and they beat Wichita State by nine. So that's a good bounce back win against this, you know, a pretty solid yeah. program. And um, currently Houston is up by 16 on SMU. So it looks like they've bounced back fairly well from that, that four point loss to Temple. And tomorrow night, Tom Izzo brings his Spartans into Pinnacle Bank Arena for a big, big showdown. It's much bigger for Nebraska than it is for Michigan State, but if we're talking, uh, if we're talking hoops, indeed. So yeah, Michigan's next game is against Wisconsin, and Virginia's next game is uh, oh gosh, on the road at Duke. So I think Michigan might be the last undefeated team because I don't know. If- I mean, if Virginia can go in and beat Duke, yeah, but Duke more power. Duke team. lost to Syracuse on Monday night, and they uh, walked away with some key injuries. I believe I don't know a ton, but it's my understanding that, that that's a not a team at at full strength. So uh, maybe something to watch. Virginia may may survive. Yeah, uh, Zion Williamson um, and Trey Jones got hurt. Yeah, so. Um, it's yeah. I mean, if if you're gonna play Duke now is probably the time, um, for sure. But yeah, so they're fourteen and two. 
I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like, I'm not used to Virginia being good, even though this is like their third or fourth year of being like a really relevant basketball program. It's just weird, you know, to think that, oh, they could actually be the favorites in that game because of the injuries that Duke has had. So, anyways, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. I just wanted to follow up because I thought it was hysterical that, you know, the team that we picked to last longest literally lost right away. <laughs> I'd rather be four for four on my NFL picks. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. I'm, we, we're good there. Uh, two quick things before we jump into the Australian Open uh, and Annie Murray. Um, Jalen Hurts has finally transferred from uh, Alabama. I thought it would happen after last season, you know, a year ago. Now happening, he's transferring to Oklahoma. Yeah, as a, as a graduate transfer, I guess he's hoping to win the Heisman Trophy. Well, you know, if, if Baker and, and Kyler can do it, why not him? Yeah, yeah, it'll um, it'll be interesting. I don't know what the what the Big Twelve brings back. I have to imagine Oklahoma and Texas are the, the two front runners at the top based on the results this year well, and the, I mean, the addition of Jalen. It makes sense because no one plays defense over there, so why not go play quarterback in the Big Twelve? You know what I mean? Yep. Why not do it? And then also of interest is that. Uh, Oklahoma's quarterback, Austin Kendall, who was the backup this year, he's transferring to West Virginia and will be able to play immediately for them to replace Will Greer. So a um, couple, you know, a couple quarterback transfers. The Jalen Hurts one, obviously, uh, is the bigger name. But right. that transfer of Kendall out clears the way for him to be the starter next year. So that. For the first time in, I think, a really long time, let's talk tennis, man. This is your this is your forte, your your true love. It is. Talk to me about Andy Murray. Talk to me about the Australian Open and, and how it's all going. Yeah, down. so the uh, uh, big storyline just really hours before the tournament started. And first off, the best thing about the Australian Open is it's you know like thirty degrees outside right now. We're gonna have minus sub zero temperatures this weekend, but it's summer in Australia. So you turn on the TV and it's like bright and sunny and hot and they're sweating like no other. And so it's like this nice, like you kind of take yourself away into summer. But um, hours before the tournament started, Andy Murray, who's uh, been hampered by a, a hip injury really last uh, couple of years. Uh, he took some time off. He announced that um, Australia would likely be his final tournament. And he hoped that he could play Wimbledon um, this year, one final time. And so um, there's really a couple, you know, interesting kind of storylines here. First off being that he's, you know, one of the big four. So there's Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, and Murray. And um, Murray is a little bit, I believe, toward the younger end of the four. Um, but he's really the first to kind of to retire um, to this degree. Federer has scaled his schedule way back, and he manages manages it really well. Like he does not play the clay season because of the toll it takes on your body. It's just way too physical. So he does not play the clay season. He plays the hard and grass seasons. Um, Djokovic kind of had a downturn. He had some injuries the last couple of years. He's gotten come back around. Nadal is just like this stalwart that just keeps coming at you. He'll be really good come clay seasons. But, but Murray, it's kind of this end of an era. Um, he's kind of gotten... British tennis back on the map in his career. He won Wimbledon, which was a huge deal. I was trying to think about how I could compare him winning Wimbledon to something that would be familiar to our listeners. And the closest thing I came to was like, um, you know, imagine if, if the Masters were 
a much greater international event. We didn't have as many American golfers, but we like didn't have an American win it for decades and decades and decades. And then came along this kind of just great kind of like if Bubba Watson was the the winner after all these years, like just your prototypical, like kind of Southern dude comes in and wins the masters after all these years of other guys that weren't from the, America winning it. So when he won it several years ago, and he also won a gold medal uh, in the Olympics uh, when it was in London in 2012. Um, so he's done a lot for the game. He's very close with his mother. Um, she was a coach for him as a, as a child. And, and so he does, he believes a lot in equality and he's been a champion for, for women's rights on the tour and in sports in general. And so he doesn't always have the greatest demeanor on the court. He kind of looks like he's, um, inconvenience to be playing in the match kind of has kind of a sour look on his face, but that's uh, just he, being. Yeah, he's very good on social media. Uh, just very dry humor. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the the big storyline. And he lost his first match in five sets uh, promptly on Sunday night, so he's he's done for the time being. And uh, he said after the matches, two real options are to uh, kind of manage his practice and pain through, you know, the end of June when Wimbledon starts or, um, you know, re- essentially retire now and, and have a whole full hip replacement and improve his quality of life. Um, there, there's a doubles player from America, Bob Bryan, who had a full hip replacement and he's back playing this year in Australia, uh, but he plays doubles. It's not as, hard on the body it'd be interesting to see if murray could get back to his form following a hip replacement and all the rehab it required but but yeah that's that's kind of the big storyline um the first day uh in australia and so we're in day three right now we're playing they're playing second round matches um uh, tonight later on about 3 a.m eastern eugenie bouchard who was a finalist in in australia in 2014 We'll play. Uh, we'll play Serena, so that might be an interesting, interesting match. I don't typically stay up all night watching. I'll, I'll turn it off at ten thirty or eleven, something reasonable, and then catch up on what would happen when I woke up. But, but yeah, kind of the kickoff. They call it the happy slam because everybody's like they're fresh, they're not injured, they've got good attitudes. The grind of the tour hasn't gotten to them, but by the time they get to New York and. They're all cranky and they're battling nagging injuries and, and this and that. Been open year. In September, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's the last Grand Slam. It seems like an eternity away. And even even after Australia, they don't play another Grand Slam until the French, which um, typically starts right around Memorial Day. So it's we kind of get this one, and then it's a uh, um, there's some other good tournaments in 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 through here. Uh, between now and, and May, but uh, it's kind of nice. It's kind of a dead time in the sports calendar outside of the NFL playoffs and um, you know co- conference college basketball starting up, but it's kind of nice having an international sport and kind of off hours to watch. The ideal situation is when you have a snow day and you can't stay up all night. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was thinking as you To would it be like Brazil were so long back in the day, and they've won a few, you know. I think they've won five or six total. But like, 
when the World Cup was in Brazil and they got trounced by Germany like seven to one or whatever it was in the field, like you could tell how much it meant to them. And, you know, Brazil actually got to keep the original World Cup trophy when they changed it because they just owned it so much. Um, would that be a fair comparison to when Murray won Wimbledon in England for how much it meant to that country? Yeah, I think so. And they'd come close. They had Tim Hinman there through the 90s, and they'd come close. Um, but they could never could never quite get it done. And then Murray came along and, and then won the gold medal in London. And then won Wimbledon, I think, the the next year, 2014, I don't have it in front of me. But, but yeah, he will go down as one of the great British tennis players likely of all time and and particularly in, in modern history and you know, mm-hmm. the, the games the roots go back to England you know 150 years ago but it, you look at really since the open era there's been no better British tennis player um, than than Sir Andy Murray is did he get knighted he he is knighted well good for him yep I wish I wish America had a version of that, of of knighting. Yeah, yeah. When I lived in Kentucky, they had Kentucky colonels, which <laughs> it wasn't quite as like um, high of standard. Like I think to be knighted, you've you've got to have it's like being in the, put in the Hall of Fame. Whereas like, um, like to become a Kentucky Kentucky colonel is like oh if you. You know, shoveled all your neighbors' driveways one morning. You you got nominated. It was kind of like like star student. Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was directly tied to how many uh, real meals for five bucks you ate. Yeah. However, um, however many finger looking, finger looking, finger looking good meals you could eat. Exactly. I'm so glad you just said that. <laughs> if we were uh, like a radio show, it'd be a drop. Finger yep. looking, finger looking, finger looking, finger looking good. <laughs> yep. So, my daughter up. All right. Well, on that amazing ending to the show, um, I got nothing else for you, dude. I'm just super pumped for these football games this weekend, and I'm excited for Michigan to be the last remaining undefeated team and keep making history. 18 0 is going to feel really good until they play Nebraska. Well, hey. If Nebraska ball can knock off the maze rage, then I will tip my hat to them and say, well done, young gentlemen. You deserve the W. That was really like, um, we need to end this, but I think that loss at Nebraska last year where, um, uh, who was their stud? Mo Wagner? Yeah, Mo Wagner. Like the Nebraska students chanted his name the whole game. He only scored two points and Nebraska won by like 15 or 20 points. Like, that's that's it for Michigan. Like after that, they steamrolled people, and now they're like fifteen and zero, well, seventeen and zero, and we're seventeen and zero. We, we've sure. lost we've lost one game in the last calendar year. Yeah, now granted, so that, most of that calendar year there's not basketball, but we're like thirty one and one in our last thirty two games, and that one loss, of course, was the blowout in the national championship game. So, and the and, and the. The game outside that range has to be. I mean, it wasn't. It was had to have been like mid this time of year, late January somewhere in there. Yeah. No, our last loss. It our last loss outside of that range was I think to Purdue. Okay. Um, so the, I think the the Nebraska game was really early in the season. 
Yeah, it might. It might. Been, like, it might have been like the January. first or second. It might have been the first or second conference game. Yeah, of the season last year, I remember it because you know you're my friend and you're a big Nebraska fan, and I was like, "Holy crap, their basketball team's not that good." <laughs> we just got destroyed. But, anyways, all right. My my dog is now singing to the neighbors, so I think that is uh well time for me to say farewell, sir, and enjoy the weekend. You too. Have a good Peace. one. See you.